This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Tani Cullen. She's a minister, an author, a teacher, and the mother of an incredible boy that God is using to impact lives all around the world. Tani, welcome to Messianic Vision. Thanks so much for having me. I have to tell you, when I first read your book, Josiah's Fire, I was actually just blown away uh, by what I read. And the more I read it, the more I was impacted by it uh, in the course of preparing the TV program uh, that you did with us and this interview that we're having today, Tawny. I continually picked up the book just over and over and over again. And every time I read it, I was literally stunned by what God was doing through your son, Josiah. Well, Tawny, I'm sure everyone's on the edge of their seat now to get started. So um, let me ask you, um, when when you were a little girl, you were raised in a Christian home, uh, saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit at a very young age. Uh, tell me about that upbringing. Sure, yeah. Well, my mom was kind of the spiritual head of the household, um, so uh, I was kind of her sidekick all the time, and she was actually... Uh, by the time I came along, I was 10 years younger than my two brothers, and uh, she was kind of going through a, a spiritual reawakening, I suppose. So, um, But she really wanted me to be in a Christian school, and so for the first eight grades of, of school, that's where I was. I learned a lot about the Bible. Mm-hmm. I memorized a lot mm-hmm. of Scripture. Um, even as a little child, I remember standing behind a little pulpit that my <laughs> dad had made for me out of wood and made a little cross in the front um, and uh, preaching to my to my parents and to my grandparents in the living room. Um, I was probably eight years old at the time. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but it was a very, very legalistic, very strict Baptist school. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, over time, I really, um, there were a lot of things about God that um, really became very performance-based. Mm. Uh, a lot of yes, things that I, I really, I was close to God. I've loved God as long as I can remember. Um, but so many things felt like I had to do A and B so that it would equal C. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And, uh, you know, really... Um, have always loved God, but certainly um, had a little bit of Holy Ghost fire in there, uh, here and there. Just kind of an interesting, eclectic background, I guess. And by the time I arrived at uh, uh, a church where I was actually at a mega church, um, kind of a seeker-friendly church for about 13 years. And, um, you know, it was there that I you know, I got so engaged with, okay, you know, we can we can get involved in the basics of the Bible, and we can, we can really apply that to our lives and make that relevant to our lives. But, you know, uh, that was going really well until something happened in our lives that just hit me against a brick wall, and I just remember going, 
Jesus heals, right? Does he still do that today? So really healing began began to be the thing that I just kept struggling with internally. Um, where was healing in the equation? Yes, Did it yes. happen for people today? Yes. Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, so uh, God, church, the Bible was nothing new to you. You grew up knowing about it. But as you said, kind of like a, a bit of a superficial knowledge of it and not so much the the fire burning inside and and um, the the supernatural but I, I know you grew up with this knowledge you grew up you were active in church you had a happy family and you said something hit you tell me about that well um, you know my husband and I had been married for about eight years and uh, you know we had the jobs were in place the friends were in place we really tried to make all sorts of decisions that were wise so that we could start our family. And so we had our little boy, Josiah, and we called him Josiah because we loved the name that meant fire of the Lord. And we prayed over that little boy from before he was ever born. And um, Josiah was born. He was amazing. And, you know, the first about 19 to 22 months of life, you know, everything seemed to be going really well, except for the just normal little bumps along the way. Um, and it was about at 22 months old that over a very short period of time, about three weeks, very suddenly Josiah, who had been meeting all of his medical milestones, I mean, we thought everything was really on track. He began to lose skills. Um, he stopped looking at us. He stopped responding to his name when we called to him. He wouldn't turn. Um, he began um, turning lights on, off, on, off, like he couldn't get off of that motion. Um, he would spin wheels, and he lost play skills, and he lost words that he once had, uh, good 40 or 50 words that he had, you know, words like mama and dada and yeah. nana, yeah. you know, precious words. And we felt like we were losing him, and we were terrified. That must have been horrifying for you. What did you do? Well, um, it was Joe's parents that had brought up, uh, they had noticed that he seemed different from the time that they had visited with us in the past. They don't live in our town, so it was a pronounced difference from the last time that they had visited, and they brought up the word autism, and... Um, my goodness, you know, I just mobilized as fast yeah. as I could, my husband and I. and we went That's a scary word. Pediatrician. Yeah. And uh, it was really a period of four months where we went through test after test and got into all sorts of, you know, therapies and things like that. And uh, really, by the time we were actually sitting around a table of doctors, getting the official diagnosis, which I already knew. Um, it was really at that point that they slid, you know, the, the folder to us, and it said autism spectrum disorder. And I opened up the folder, and I started flipping through the pages, and I just remember this one statement that just absolutely lifted off the page in front of me, and it said, autism spectrum disorder, no known cause, no known cure, lifelong. And as a mother, as a Christ follower, really the cry that just rose up in my heart was, God, where is hope when there is no hope? Yes. 
Yes. I'm sure you had a lot of questions. I mean, in that one moment, your entire life was changed in that moment as you sat there and you looked at those words. Uh, I mean, you were a Christian, you were a mom, you were a believer, you were going to church, you were ministering in church. What kind of questions did you have? Oh, yes. You know, of course, there's of course, there's all the why questions. Yes. And really, mm-hmm. for four months, we had been praying, we had been pressing in, and, and you're hoping to get to a place where you kind of do a, whew, that was a close one. Yes. <laughs> and, and then when you get kind of a, what feels like a very final verdict, mm-hmm. a pronouncement, I really believe that fear comes in if we're not aware of what's going on, because you start playing the tape forward and everything that is put in that place just looks like the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And really doctors will do the very best they can to use this phrase very often. Well, we don't want to get your hopes up. Wow. So they will kind of give you the most realistic, most, um, I guess, stale answers Mm -hmm. when I really believe um, everything that parents are looking for is hope. What do we do now? How do we navigate this? Mm -hmm. This is something that is so um, chaotic and so kind of nebulous. How do we even start? So really in those first uh, months and that first even year and a half or so, I would say, Everything that I did was just, uh, you know, I'm praying, I'm asking God, you've you got to help me, you've got to show me um, where life is going on, and yet at the same time we're, we're clinging to anything that's going to help to set him up to succeed in sure, some way. Sure. Um, but really the spiritual element of that journey was not talked about that much, even as I was getting resources, and certainly you're just, you just start getting all the information mm-hmm. you can about what it is that you're facing and what it is that your child is facing. So, sure. boy, I just absorbed every kind of book I could. I started reading about this. I started going to conferences. But there is that spiritual part mm-hmm. that is really core mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. And what is the journey what is the spiritual journey when something, the heat gets turned up so high that I really believe that sometimes we, are, we come to a point where either we're going to press into God or we most certainly will just walk away. Right. Tani, you must have been literally exhausted, uh, you know, getting this news, working months and months and months, the research, the, the dealing with the child and the differences in your child and, and trying to find out what you could do about it and how you're going to deal with it, how you're going to help him. The, the pure physical aspect of it, the way your lives were changing at home, I mean, I can't even imagine the exhaustion, the physical exhaustion and emotional exhaustion. And like you said, even the spiritual exhaustion and, and I, financial and, and financial exhaustion. Of course. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that does uh, to your life at that point. But you said when you were seeking, you were in that moment, you were totally wiped out. You were exhausted uh, in every way. God visited you. Yes, there was one particular afternoon that um, I think it was like a Saturday afternoon, and 
uh, it was just Josiah and I at the house, and um, Josiah had finally gone down for a nap, and I thought, oh, you know, night after night, sleep is interrupted. I'm just going to lay down and nap while he's napping. And um, I would say we were about a year into the diagnosis at that point, and I was just laying there, and really I had come to a point in my spirit where I was just like, God, why is it that the very time in my life where I just need to feel you the most, I just feel like it's just dark out there. I just feel like I can't hear you. I feel like I can't feel you. Um, Are my prayers even going beyond the ceiling? Are you really there? And I just remember going through that season and, you know, you're, you're going through the motions physically, but spiritually there's such a wrestling inside. And, um, but I had laid down for a nap and, um, all of a sudden about 20 minutes of my nap, I, I wake up and I smell this most magnificent scent and, um, I'm smelling my hair. I'm like, is it my hair? Is it my <laughs> pillow? Is somebody drying clothes in the, you know, the next house? Um, what is that smell? It was amazing. And I, I'm actually more of a mouth breather, quite honestly. And I noticed that as I'm smelling this, it was kind of like when they put oxygen up your nose, it was just like, I was inhaling this most magnificent smell. And it was kind of like vanilla and cinnamon. It was kind of like creme brulee, and I'm like, where is this coming from? I get up, I, it's not in the living room, and I go back into my room, and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to lay down again. And it continues for a good 20, 30 minutes. And suddenly I realized, I remembered my mother talking about a time after my father had passed away when she said that she experienced the fragrance of the presence of the Lord. And so I was like, is that, could that be what this is? And I go out and I go to my laptop and Google um, vanilla, uh, cinnamon, fragrance of the Lord. And here it pops up like other people had experienced that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I actually think that Jesus himself honored me by coming in and surpassing my intellect and my and invading my senses to say, I am here. I have never left. I am with you. And, and there was something about that experience that just bolstered me to know he sees, mm-hmm. he hears, he's there. Yes. Yes. Just that helped me to kind of get a, the lift that I needed for that season. I can imagine. And then, so you, you've got sort of a, a renewed sense of God's presence with you. So that has to be better than what you had before. But at age five, uh, you got another, um, another blow. Yes. Um, we had really done just about everything you can think of. You know, we got him into 40 hours of therapy a week. We were doing, um, uh, various, uh, vitamin kind of treatments and, um, basically kind of alternative, um, you know, medical route just because that was the only thing that's really offered. And, uh, even I sat in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber with him for 40 dives oh my. where you're actually like, you're, it's almost like you're in a submarine, um, to, to help with oxygen to the brain and all of these things. We just had done everything. 
and yet we we were trying to get speech and um so he was nonverbal he was he was still at 5 years old he was not speaking yes still okay. not speaking mm-hmm. and in fact had even lost anything that he uh you know he had gotten a few words maybe when he was 3 or so and then lost those altogether again and so we were really at a point where um we had done everything we had so much input into him and yet there we were and we got kind of an addendum to his diagnosis not mm-hmm. only did he have autism spectrum disorder but he would be nonverbal he was low functioning and severe and so it just felt like there we were again no matter what we did we were back at this place and this pronouncement um, you know, was especially hard because there was kind of this theoretical five-year window. Like, if you can put everything you can into this child before their brain, you know, kind of solidifies um, and and is more plastic at that time to be able to be malleable, well, then maybe, you know, you can get speech. But really, after five years old, they say you're probably not going to get speech. So that was really hard because we had never even had a conversation with our son. Yes, yes. Well, I know the way you were handling it and approaching it. You were searching out everything that you could, and you were had discovered and were drawn to a particular teaching method called rapid prompting method. Tell us about that before we go to break. Sure. So, um, yeah, I had really put so much into this. I ended up going to um, a conference where it was talking about activities for the nonverbal child. But when I went there, they were showing videos of, of kids that were probably 10 and 12 years older than Josiah. And in that video, they were saying, um, you know, what we really want to do is it's very hard for the kids with autism who are nonverbal because they can become very violent. And so, you know, we just try to keep them calm in, in public school and everything. And if we can teach them the skill of maybe crushing cans or shredding paper, and that those words just, like, echoed in my head, crushing cans, shredding paper, that's the best we have to look for, you know, God, I thought that you promised pl- good, good plans for our future and hope. And um, it, was, it was not that much later that I had heard of a documentary called Mother's Courage where they had talked about what was called the rapid prompting method within several other methods that they addressed. And in this, there was a woman who was teaching children how to learn that were severe like Josiah, and they were learning how to spell as well by pointing at letters. And I thought, I have to get that for my child. Mm. And how did that work? I know you were, you were telling us about a story you were telling him one night. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> I went to learn how to do that with him for about four days. And, um, and first of all, the teacher said, I want you to assume age-level intelligence. And even those words shifted my perspective. Age-level intelligence? Yes, that, that sounds more encouraging, a little more positive, right? Well, it changed even the way that I spoke to him. Yes. It changed everything about how I was interacting with him because if, if I, even if he wasn't showing that he was in there, 
physically on the outside, I was like, okay, I'm going to assume that he is. So I'm going to start speaking to him in that way. And I started speaking life to him. And I started finding my own um, vivacity coming back in communicating with him. And, and um, so that was great in the first place. But then, so we did, uh, I, it, we started doing some of these lessons. And I saw uh, how he was showing her that he, he was comprehending far more than I ever thought. So we did that for about a year, and it was difficult. You know, when we got home, it was not easy. Um, And we had gone to a refresher course about a year later. I had learned a few more things. About a month after the refresher course, I'm sitting at the table with him, and at that point he really hadn't um, on his own communicated much more than what I had already given him to spell, for instance. Um, You know, red. Okay, let's spell red. Um, but we were doing a lesson from the children's Bible about how Jesus healed the blind man. So I read him the lesson, and then I make a statement, Josiah, Jesus healed the blind man. What did Jesus do? Did he H-E-A-L heal the blind man, or did he P-L-A-Y play with the blind man? Write those two choices on paper, rip the paper in half, tap heal, tap play. He chose correctly the one that said heal. So he, okay. so he reached out and touched the paper that, that said heal. Is that yes, he touched mm-hmm, the paper that mm-hmm, said heal. Yes. Yeah. And um and so I said, let's spell heal. And there were stencil boards and stuff, but we were also working on an iPad that had uh letters in alphabetical and big buttons. Um so we were kind of using both of those, but we were working on the iPad at that point. And so he goes to spell heal, but he t- touches G. And I'm like, G, and then he mm. touches O. I'm like, oh, he's missing it, you know? And then he goes on to spell his first ever independent sentence from himself. God is a good gift giver. All at one time, a whole sentence. All at one time, no spaces, no punctuation, just God is a good gift giver. Have, had you ever said that sentence to him? No, that that was not anything. I said, how do you know that? I mean, that those aren't words that I go around saying. It's it's a beautiful construction, but it's nothing that, you know, we've ever heard that way in a song or anything like that. And I thought maybe I had lost it or cracked or was I, you know, on candid camera? <laughs> was this really happening? And that's really what started. Uh, that was the pivotal moment of something that God began doing in our lives. Well, you know what? I, I know that you said when we were discussing this earlier, you're you're looking at him. How did you do that? You know, what's going on? And he put his finger back on the buttons and he typed out, God is everlasting Jehovah. Wow, <laughs> Tawny, what were you and he thinking? he spelled that correctly. <laughs> what, I, yeah, he spelled it correctly. Yeah. What were you, what were you thinking? I mean, inside, what was going on? First of all, this is what I, this was honestly what I first thought. He is being healed right now. He is getting his healing. Like God is healing him right now. Like this is happening. Um, So I was sure that that's what was happening um, at that moment. But I, I, you know, in the moment it was, it was shocking. It was exciting. 
Um, were, were you just blown away by that? I mean, that's that's the way I described it when I was reading your book. I, I wasn't quite sure what to even do with it, but that entire weekend I just started asking him every question I could think of. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite cartoon character? Uh, you know, wh- what's your favorite thing to do? You know, we had never we had never had a back and forth conversation where he would answer anything that was of an opinion. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I understand. Well, we're going to go to break. I'm talking with Tawny Collin today, and we're making available to you a powerful resource, Tawny's book, Josiah's Fire. And exclusively for those of you listening today, the Good Gift Giver Devotional. Also exclusively to those listening is a three-CD teaching series by Tani, and it includes these messages, Getting Your Hopes Up, Receiving God's Good Gifts, and Speaking Heaven's Language. So um, I encourage you to get that. Well, you've just heard the amazing testimony of God speaking through a seven-year-old, nonverbal, autistic boy named Josiah who could not read, write, or spell. What happens next is a miracle, a sign, and a wonder all rolled into one. Stay with us. Josiah was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. This young man could not speak or relate to people around him, but God himself broke through and Josiah, who had not been formally taught to read or write, suddenly began to type on his iPad profound paragraphs about his visitations in heaven, where he met God and angels. Now it's time for you to read for yourself Josiah's amazing story and receive God's revelation for your own life. I don't care how bad your circumstances are, there is hope. Call now and get Tani Cullen's powerful book, Josiah's Fire, and her three-part audio CD series, The Good Gift Giver, plus her anointed Good Gift Giver 21-day devotional. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9458. Through this book, Josiah's Fire, you will discover Josiah's eye-opening visions, heavenly encounters, and supernatural experiences that forced his family out of their own comfort zone of predictable theology. It will help catapult you into a mind-blowing, genuine love encounter with God and will help you walk in the supernatural every day. You will obtain faith to believe God for your own miracles, understand how to defeat your fear of the future, learn to never look back, understand the spiritual key of choosing to forgive in order to unlock God's divine favor, begin to fulfill your divine purpose and calling, understand how to arm yourself against the enemy, begin to live a spirit-filled life and walk in victory every day. You will also receive Tani Cullen's three-part audio CD series, The Good Gift Giver. Through it, you will learn how God is the good gift giver, understand God's benefits and covenant promises to provide for your every need, learn how to develop a kingdom perspective in all your circumstances, understand how to align yourself with heaven's intentions for your life story. Plus, you will receive The Good Gift Giver 21-Day Devotional, which unites three inspired voices, Tani Cullen and her son, Josiah Cullen, and Cheryl Ricker, as they share Josiah's revelatory quotes, personal stories, scriptures for meditation, and prompts for reflection. You will find that blessings come in unexpected forms, personally prepared by God Himself for you. You will discover that God is truly a good gift giver. Josiah is having visions and revelation about things like music and science and history. He's seeing angels and hearing them. He's experiencing heaven 
and I want you to get a glimpse of what he is experiencing too. Many of the things God has given Josiah will be a direct prophetic word from heaven for you. You will hear revelations and messages from heaven that are so profound that only God could have given this to Josiah. And I want you infected with supernatural hope from heaven. Don't miss out on getting Tani Cullen's powerful book, Josiah's Fire, and her three-part audio CD series, The Good Gift Giver, plus her anointed Good Gift Giver 21-day devotional. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9458. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9458 or log on to Sid Roth.org. Call or write today. Okay, welcome back to Messianic Vision. I'm here with my guest, Tani Collin. And Tani, you had just witnessed an amazing miracle in your son, and things progressed quickly from that moment on. Can you just share with us a couple of sentences that, that Josiah said or that he actually typed out so people can kind of get a handle on what kind of things he was saying? Sure. So not only was he starting to be able to communicate just everyday things to, you know, I mean, to know that, oh, there's a rock in my shoe (laughs) are very helpful things, you know, uh, as a communication between a child and a parent. But then all of a sudden, more things started coming out where it was apparent that he knew things that he had never been taught. And then he started coming out with almost like these wisdom words, Mm -hmm. um, very lyrical, poetic words. Um, one of them was, uh, one example was, faith is picture it done, which was probably the best definition of faith I've ever heard. Yes, picture it done. One was, faith is believing for kites to fly when there's no wind in sight. Another was, God is a feast on display and and sing like an overcomer. And all of these beautiful um these words that were that were very poetic, but even um, in talking with someone I know that is a is a person that that uh, is a linguist mm-hmm. and knows a lot of different uh, languages all over yes. the world, she even noted that uh, the construction of how he writes is very different than almost anything that she's encountered, and yet it rings true. It lacks cliché, yet it rings true. Did you believe at this time, did you believe that something supernatural was happening? I mean, you had exhausted all the natural. Um, How were you feeling about that? I knew something supernatural was happening, and if I'm honest, I was kind of wishing that it wouldn't be so supernatural <laughs> because it it's one thing to be able to say, oh, look, Josiah's communicating now. That is so much easier to carry. Suddenly I was faced with, I am experiencing something before my eyes that is absolutely supernatural. It is not possible without God. And what are people going to think of me? Yes, yes. Talk about this. Let let me say one thing uh, here. 
we talked about it progressing quickly into all these these uh, poetic sentences and insights and um, things that you knew that he had not been taught by any natural person. But I mean, it went from poetic sentences to profound insights. He actually asked you one day, well, mom, do you want to know about the Trinity? The Trinity? Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, if I if I may kind of come around um, around that before I, I address that, sure. it started becoming more and more obvious that he was describing things of heaven somehow. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I kept testing him on that. I, I really was trying to just ask good questions. And one day I, I said, Josiah, if I give you this sentence, this lead-in, will you finish this sentence for me? And I, I said, Josiah, my favorite place in heaven is, and he goes on to write his first ever, what he called a song. Mm-hmm. And he, he writes, my favorite place in heaven is over peaceful waters. Peace is real. Tired souls naturally test peace. Roses are so stunning. Worship the king. Sing loud to the prize pardon who requires praise. Angels taste of his holiness. Ordained great attitude of praise. Help us worship the Lord together. Please him. All you hail the king of majesty forever. Make a noise to the king on the throne. He was eight years old when he, he wrote that. And can I just ask the listeners right now, do you understand now why I was so stunned and amazed when I was reading this book? And you'll see in the book when you get it that all of Josiah's writings and his, uh, his poems and his songs are in bold. So they just jump right off the page to you. And Tani, when I read this in the book, I, I said, this is an eight-year-old child who doesn't speak and has never been taught these things and what you just said just stirs my spirit well I think that was just it is that I knew that I don't know how you can describe something like that Mm -mm. unless you've seen it exactly unless you've experienced it and that's where I really started picking up like I don't think this just is about he's absorbing things around him no something is happening where he is truly being, he's having experiences. And um, so he woke me up one middle of the night. And so a lot of times when he would wake me up, okay, you know, uh, he'd want to communicate and he'd bring me the iPad. And, and you know, very much uh, it's, not, it's not a pretty process. I mean, I have to sit beside him, I have to hold the iPad, I have to situate his body. He, he, he's still very much what would be called severely autistic mm-hmm. and has a lot of sensory issues. And so, so this is laborious one little letter at a time. Yes. So he wakes me up one morning and he types, um, God wants to show you about the triune God now, Mom. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, I perked up a bit from my grogginess. Did that get your attention? <laughs> yes. <laughs> about the triune God, I guess, but uh, go for it. And he writes, in the Trinity, the Father is the manager, the Son is the lover of operations, Holy Spirit is the worker. So it's the three-in-one getting things done. He is Papa. He is healer. He is helper. The world was created by only three functions that went like this. Father thought it. 
son loved it, Holy Spirit carried out the plan. That is how the Trinity works, Mom. So man must voice, Father, what do you think? Jesus, what do you love? Holy Spirit, what should we do about it? That's our mission. Oh, my. Tani, was any of this on your spiritual grid? No, it was not. It was not. Actually, it was it was something that um, I wasn't pursuing. But in in all of this, it ignited my spiritual grid. It lit up my spiritual grid where suddenly as a mother, I started going, Okay, first of all, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, God. I mean, I need to be open to what you're doing and not try to shut this down. I need to be open to it even if I can't understand it. Yes. And and then as a mother, uh, as Josiah, he actually started having much more um, even prophetic words, things that he knew about people that there's no way I didn't know, he didn't know. Uh, So I had to start learning about how people who experience prophetic words get that. Yes. As his mother, I, yes. wanted to, I wanted to help him. Well, you wanted to know what was going on with your, that down. with your son. You wanted to know what was going on and how to understand that and, um, and, and to promote that and, and provide an atmosphere where he could flourish in that, like you said, instead of, you know, quenching it. Right. Well, and it, it was kind of a beautiful thing in a way, because here I am, um, you know, more of a, a pastor and more of a a teacher and and um and yet what i started seeing in my own living room was how these giftings of the prophetic were working with the giftings of of a teacher or a mm-hmm. preacher mm-hmm. and how how it even enlivened the way that we were able to pray for people and and able to approach god with with kind of a a new lift of information and perspective on how to dial into things and to see how the body can work so much more beautifully together when you take away that deal of ego yes. or there's no motive yes. there. It's just this beautiful relating. You said that at this time you felt a change in the atmosphere, that, that you're, you started feeling your home being restored again, your hope coming back, joy sensing joy in your lives yes um well of course you know it was uh, after so many years of feeling like you're trudging through mud Mm -hmm. you and you you get this you get this sign that you know god is a good gift giver i would say that (laughs) that statement became began to be the thesis statement for our life. We continued to have all sorts of issues, certainly, and all sorts of circumstances that we were dealing with. But God kept speaking in real time the things that he already says to us that are available in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? So, right? So it really caused me to be challenged and caused my husband to be challenged to say, okay, well, do I take the living word that's in the Bible? Do I take God at his word? Just like that, because God offers us so much more than we try to receive from him. 
Um, and, and so it did. It brought me an openness to go, I don't have all the answers. And actually, all the answers aren't tidy in a one, two, three step formula either. Yes, yes, I'm sure. It really had to go, I have to start asking God more questions, and I have to be much more open with humility to see what he's doing mm-hmm. what's on his heart and to know that he cares about what's on our individual hearts, to know how personally involved he is uh, in a little house in the middle of, you know, in nowhere, Minnesota, that God invades. That started changing everything about even, you know, when you go out and about. Uh, it gives you a lift. Um, not that the circumstances were all great after that, but you certainly have a perspective shift. Certainly. Certainly. I think that's probably a, a, a good lesson for all of us to realize that, that God is involved in our everyday lives. Well, I'm listening to you talk, and so Josiah has uh, gone from typing inspiring sentences to profound insights about, you know, things in heaven, the Trinity, things that God is revealing to him. Uh, prophetically, he is typing things prophetically to you, and even angels. You guys were at McDonald's one day, and what happened? Yes, um, we were at McDonald's, and uh, it was an amazing thing because I'm sitting there with him, and, uh, you know, we're trying to eat, and all of a sudden he he's absolutely fixated on the wall. And I'm going, what what are you doing? He's not eating. I bring out my, my iPad, and I was like, what are you looking at? You know, how come... <laughs> How come you're you're not eating? And he types, um, there's an angel over there. And I was like, over there in McDonald's? <laughs> okay, like, is it saying anything or doing anything? And uh, he goes on to write what the angel is saying. And he types right there in McDonald's, the band is playing. It is life. It is truth. Ponder the truth. Lies are dangerous. Lies are broken at the spiritual level. Nurture trustworthy possibilities. Trouts are tuned to swim upstream, not downstream. It is cold now, but living underwater is teeming with life, even though you can't see it. I present truths beneath the surface. Ice doesn't mean death. More life is on the way, like in trout season. Go upstream to the origin of coulds. Turn to the upstream songs where the rock of ages piles up stones of truth. My. Come upstream to reproduce. Tani, you, you said a sentence in your book that if I had just read that, that my son had just written, I would have said the same sentence. You ask yourself, can this get any wilder? <laughs> Yeah, you almost don't want it to be that wild. I mean, really, the right. book, can I tell you, it is really vulnerable to be, uh, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. Yes. <laughs> that statement, truth is stranger than fiction. I didn't want the truth to be this wild because it's almost unbelievable. Well, it sort of takes you out of your comfort zone, doesn't it? I mean, when you have to start talking about those kinds of things. It does, and I really came to the point where I realized, you know, why am I so afraid of what God does supernaturally? Because here's the deal. Um, 
he is, that's who he is. That's the nature of who he is. So I really started having to realize, you know, my my role is to boast in nothing but my God. And I need to be able to boast in him all day long. And it's not about us and it's not about anything but going, I praise and lift up my God that today is active and he's oriented toward us and all of heaven and the cloud of witnesses and the angels are still interested and looking at the redemptive plan of Jesus Christ that is being carried out in our earth today. They care. And this this separation between what is heaven and what is earth needs to be needs to be dissolved so much more in our thinking because because we are spirit because there is no distance in the spirit because because the heart of god that originates in heaven he says we must pray your will be done on earth just mm-hmm, as it mm-hmm, is in heaven. Yes, and yes. for some reason we get the idea that his will, when we say that, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there's some flag that will often go up in the back of our mind that says, well, it's probably not going to be good, or I'm not going to like it, or if I say let your will be done, it means that I'm conceding to something that is worse sure. for me rather yes. than good. And so really my perspective shift was, God is good. He's a good gift God giver. He's good. <laughs> he has good intentions toward us. Every good and perfect gift, it says in James 1:17, comes from the Father of lights and in him there is no turning or shifting of shadows. He is so 100% good. And yet I lived so much of this time going through what was really, what is a chronic situation that we are praying for healing for. We will not stop until we see uh, the manifestation of the healing of God through Jesus. Amen. We won't stop there. But in the middle of this, every day, I can have an openness to say, I'm not going to save my joy or my peace for when I have it because I can have joy and peace right now. You know, that's exactly this rope of hope that God gives us. You know, it says hope is, you know, in Hebrew, that word means a rope, a cord, a rope of hope. So, so I look, look at that, you know, and in Romans 15, 13, it says, you know, may the God of hope, that's who he is. Give you all peace and joy in believing. You know, that so by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience what it is that he has for us. And, and that, that phrase, joy and peace in believing, that's in the trenches. Yes, yes. Tani- he can actually have joy and peace in the trenches is a miracle in and of itself. Tony, does Josiah believe that he's going to be healed? Yes, he does. He he has many times um, written about it. He has many times said what the Lord has showed him. Um, the Lord has told him that he's a worship leader. 
um, he he when I when we talk about the future and I and I say what do you want to be when you grow up and he's like I want to be a worship leader and you know as a mom looking at a child that is nonverbal I realized the the wrestling that that many other parents have, which is, what are you going to say? Are you going to say, oh, honey, you can't do that? You know, you can't do that because you have autism and you're nonverbal. You can't even speak, so how are you going to be a worship leader? I mean, honestly, that's whether whether you say that or not, that's what a lot of parents will think. Mm-hmm. And it will absolutely destroy things inside of their own souls. Mm-hmm. And instead... What I'm learning to do is go, if God said you're going to be a worship leader, you're going to you're be, gonna a be a worship leader. <laughs> and and you even told us of, of an angel that he encountered that um, that that this angel and God had given him prophetic insights that there was going to be an age of healing coming in the future to where there would be a cure for autism. Wow. That's right. Yeah, and he actually woke up um, one night in the middle of the night, and he had such a download about autism. And I actually don't even put it in the book. I allude to it because it's so um, detailed and profound um, that God showed him about it um, that we're we're still kind of waiting to see, you know, um, when is the right time and who are the right people mm-hmm. that that this can be released into the earth, um, you know, in a trustworthy way. And um, yeah, God's interested in what's going on with our children. Sure. You know, sure. one in eleven has ADHD now. One in fifty has autism. You know, I really believe that there is an attack on the voices of the children of this generation because I believe they're the Joel 2 generation. I believe they're the ones that are supposed to bring the prophetic voice and the dreams and, you know, bring a new thrust <clears throat> into the, the earth right now. And, and yet it was interesting because about six months ago I heard that what they're calling this generation is the new silent you know, like there's generation oh. next, generation Y, that sort of thing. Right. This I, generation is being called the new silent. And I thought, no. wow, Satan, you are not going to put that word. No way. Generation. They are supposed to have voices that are able to express the majesty and glory of God and that they are supposed to have minds that are, they have the mind of Christ and so this attack on the mind and the attack on the intellect and the attack on ability is, uh, I think, something that corporately we need to, as a church, really press into. We can't just accept this like it's just happening. Right. Oh, it's just happening. I really believe it's a strategic arrow that the enemy puts out there, and, and he targets the children um, to take them down in their infancy. I mean, he's always done that throughout the Bible to basically try to disrail your destiny. And I think that just like it says in Isaiah where God says, you know, my people are a plunder, is there anybody who will stand up and cry, restore? And, and I guess the heart 
of justice that I have rising up in me. And I would just ask that everybody that's listening, that, that we collectively would join together and say, we will cry, restore, yes. restore our families, restore our children, restore every mountain of, of education, of government, of media, of arts and entertainment, restore family, restore education, restore all of these, the, the mountain of religion. These are things that need to have the hand of God moving on them in power and in strength. And instead, um, we can't sit idly by while the enemy basically carries out what is probably a mission statement on the wall of the break room of the kingdom of darkness. Go wear out the saints of the Most High God. Mm -hmm. Wear them out in their bodies. Wear them out in their fight. Wear them out in their faith. Wear them out in their minds. No. No. Restore. Yes, restore. I believe that God is going to, is doing that. He is doing that right now. But we need to agree with that. And I think that there's a holy and a righteous fight that needs to raise up that says, I know what the doctor says. I know what the reports say. I see all the physical paper and all the things and all the tests and, and every report of the expert. But what does my God say about it? And do I believe his voice yes. over the expert's opinion? And that is something that all of us are battling, but especially Christ followers, because if we believe what the doctor says, if we believe what the scientists and the opinionated, the experts say, and we need all of those people, but if we believe what they say and it isn't congruent with what God says, we really have to evaluate that and say, I choose the one I serve because it says in God's word, we will obey whomever we serve. And so we have to know that when there is an incongruency with what God says about what he has for our lives and what is, quote unquote, the reality of the circumstances and the situation, that we have to rise up and say, I choose to believe what God says and just see what he's going to do with that. Absolutely. And and I choose and those that are listening, uh, we are going to choose with you and agree with you and agree with Josiah, who believes that there will be a manifestation of healing in his life. Uh, we agree with the angels that he encountered that told him so. We agree with the God of heaven that has told him that this is coming and you can expect this and you can, we can agree and we can line up with that and we choose to do that with you today, Tani. Well, once again, I'm talking with Tani Cullen and Sid and I want to encourage you to get Tani's book, Josiah's Fire, which contains some of Josiah's eye-opening visions, heavenly encounters, and supernatural experiences. You'll also get the Good Gift Giver devotional. Now, this is a 21-day devotional written by Tani Cullen, whom we're talking to, Cheryl Ricker, and Josiah himself, and also Tani's three-CD teaching series. Well, Tani asked Josiah how he experiences heaven. You'll find out his answer in just a moment when we come back. Josiah was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. 
This young man could not speak or relate to people around him, but God himself broke through and Josiah, who had not been formally taught to read or write, suddenly began to type on his iPad profound paragraphs about his visitations in heaven, where he met God and angels. Now it's time for you to read for yourself Josiah's amazing story and receive God's revelation for your own life. I don't care how bad your circumstances are, there is hope. Call now and get Tani Cullen's powerful book, Josiah's Fire, and her three-part audio CD series, The Good Gift Giver, plus her anointed Good Gift Giver 21-day devotional. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9458. Through this book, Josiah's Fire, you will discover Josiah's eye-opening visions, heavenly encounters, and supernatural experiences that forced his family out of their own comfort zone of predictable theology. It will help catapult you into a mind-blowing, genuine love encounter with God and will help you walk in the supernatural every day. You will obtain faith to believe God for your own miracles, understand how to defeat your fear of the future, learn to never look back, understand the spiritual key of choosing to forgive in order to unlock God's divine favor, begin to fulfill your divine purpose and calling, understand how to arm yourself against the enemy, begin to live a spirit-filled life and walk in victory every day. You will also receive Tani Cullen's three-part audio CD series, The Good Gift Giver. Through it, you will learn how God is the good gift giver. Understand God's benefits and covenant promises to provide for your every need. Learn how to develop a kingdom perspective in all your circumstances. Understand how to align yourself with heaven's intentions for your life story. Plus, you will receive the Good Gift Giver 21-Day Devotional, which unites three inspired voices, Tani Cullen and her son, Josiah Cullen and Cheryl Ricker as they share Josiah's revelatory quotes, personal stories, scriptures for meditation and prompts for reflection. You will find that blessings come in unexpected forms, personally prepared by God himself for you. You will discover that God is truly a good gift giver. Josiah is having visions and revelation about things like music and science and history. He's seeing angels and hearing them. He's experiencing heaven. And I want you to get a glimpse of what he is experiencing too. Many of the things God has given Josiah will be a direct prophetic word from heaven for you. You will hear revelations and messages from heaven that are so profound that only God could have given this to Josiah. And I want you infected with supernatural hope from heaven. Don't miss out on getting Tani Cullen's powerful book, Josiah's Fire, and her three-part audio CD series, The Good Gift Giver, plus her anointed Good Gift Giver 21-day devotional. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9458. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9458 or log on to Sid Call or write today. I am back with Tani Cullen, and just before we went to break, we said that um, Tani asked her son Josiah one day, how do you experience heaven? What did he tell you, Tani? Well, um, yeah, so I, I just started to think, okay, I'm just going to try to ask good questions, you know, because every time I was asked a good question, I would get more information from him. Yes. <laughs> and um, and so I just one day, I just started asking, 
how does this work? Do you have dreams and visions? You know, help me understand how this works. And it was really um, during this this one period of time when he he just started writing about these different things. He he said, well, I have an open vision sometimes. That's something I see in front of my eyes, like it's a real, but it isn't yet happening. And so he talks about that, and then he, he says he sees closed visions all the time in his mind as well. And then he explains that sometimes he dreams. Um, sometimes he dreams, and yet he knows when it's dreaming. And then sometimes he says, I hear something being said, like it's music to his ears, mm-hmm. to his inner ears. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to I'm trying to understand this because uh, another thing I'm I'm kind of fighting as well in my own logic is what if he's having hallucinations? What if this is schizophrenia? Right. You know, all of those questions start coming to that that start bombarding you. Um, and and then he goes on to to um, I said you're not you know you're not hallucinating or hearing things or anything and. And he says, you know, no, it's it's not inside my mind, so it's not imagination or hallucination. And then he goes on to say that he is taken up often in his spirit to heaven. And he explains, I'm not awake, but it's not a dream because it's happening to me for real. Like I'm in my mind and in my spirit at the same time. It seems like every night, I think. Angels come to take me. It's not always the same one. It makes a stirred-up sound, and we swoosh through the clouds to nestle in mental feathers of the miraculous. I land at a place of language. It's like everything is alive. Trees give ovations. Leaves sing. Fast, rich streets glow. Spanning fountains flow. And then he goes on to talk about later um, about going to actually school in heaven. And that is absolutely so profound. So that answers your question about, so how are you learning all these things? How do you know all these things? Yes, so, so you know, um, angels will often tell him things. Um, there are times when I notice with just the way that he writes, sometimes it's just he's, he's coming up with like, okay, I'm, I'm writing a poem or I'm writing something from, you know, just my perspective. And then sometimes you can really tell when it's almost like he's just dictating what he's hearing because mm-hmm. it's a different, it's almost like a different tone um, in the writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes that's that's uh, even something that Jesus said or he'll say Jesus says. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's just there's so many beautiful things that that have been shared in that way. But this thing about heaven is just so profound because basically he's saying that there are a number of people that are being taken up that are alive on this earth today, that God is training, that God is speaking to, to bring solutions into the earth that are godly solutions. And, um, and, and to be able to see the spiritual side of things when we see that which is natural, and to put those two things together. And I really believe that um, there have been so many things revealed and, you know, that continue to be revealed even after the book has been published. Mm-hmm. Um, just It's a continuous fountain, honestly, where I, I just keep going, is this what it means when, God, you say you, you are looking for those true worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth? 
because God certainly cares about truth and intellect and Mm -hmm. reality. And, you know, Jesus was a genius. Jesus is a genius. He is the most amazing, brilliant mind of anyone. And, um, And yet to be able to see what that looks like infused with a spiritual lens is extremely profound. And to see that move through gifting and honestly, um, just a supernatural experience where it's like he's being exposed to things. Uh, I just believe God opened up his eyes. God opened up his ears. Yes. Um, I don't know how that all works in every way because I haven't experienced myself, but I I am just trying to learn from it and listen, mm-hmm. and I'm telling mm-hmm. you that has completely changed my relationship with God oh, I'm sure. and my perspectives in so many ways. And I just am so hungry and in love with the God of, of the universe and, and really the God of the Bible. You know what, Tani? I don't know of one person that has read this book or heard this story that it has not truly impacted them as an individual. You know, even hearing the the stories, the prophetic things that he says, uh, the inspiring things, it impacts people's lives. Every person that has read it that I have heard about. But you know what? One of my favorites is that that he encountered an angel named Nathan, and this angel actually told him what his purpose is. Right. Yes, so he talks about this angel that um, he, he, he describes him as a tall and warring angel. He said that he had kind of armor on. Mm-hmm. Basically, Nathan pointed to him in this sphere of heaven, <laughs> and he pointed to him and said, Boy of God's fire, is your name Josiah? And this angel said, you have pages to fill, and in this day, you will help light God's fire in his people again. My, yeah, that's, that's a great purpose, and it sounds like that Josiah is actually doing that in, in people through his writings. Um, tell me about the one prophetic word that he gave you when he wanted you to take him to the mall. Yes, this was completely life-altering for me. Um, we went to, first we went to uh, the IMAX theater at our zoo, and after the IMAX theater, I said, okay, do you want to go look around the zoo, or what do you want to do now? I take up the iPad, and, and he types, take me to the Mall of America, and God will have a surprise for you there. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess we can go to the Mall of America then. Um, and so we go to the Mall of America, and he likes to kind of walk around malls and stuff, and uh, we get him his McDonald's burgers, and I go over and get my salad at Noodles, and we're sitting there, and then it's like, okay, let's go. And all of a sudden, I grab his hand, and it, he usually just walks along with me, but in this particular time, he starts pulling me. He's just pulling me down the corridor, and I'm thinking, is he going to, like, some toy store? Where, where is he taking me? So he pulls me down this long hall, and, and he sits me down at um, – at a bench. And so I take out my iPad and I was like, okay, you know, bring up his, his app. Josiah, what is, what is it? What, what are you thinking? What, what's the deal? And so he goes on to type, um, 
that I'm supposed to hobnob with this nice girl that's throwing glances his way. And I'm like, who are you even talking about? I mean, we're like in the biggest mall of America. I don't see anybody throwing glances at him, you know, any of that. And I was, and I was like, who are you even talking about? He goes on to type, love is love, tell her that, take her breath away, tell her that love is born out of choosing God, not Wicca, that's like witchcraft, Mm -hmm. hope is love, not more daddy issues, pick a spiritual daddy, it is God, choose him because you need me, he says, love is love, tell her that. And I was just, that was just a portion of it. And I was like, I'm sitting there going, am I supposed to tell this to somebody? (laughs) How is this supposed to work? And I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm going, oh my goodness, my heart is just racing. I'm like, you're not going to make me do this, are you, God? (laughs) And I'm I'm looking around, I don't see anybody, but all of a sudden, way down, I see this group of maybe 20-somethings, and there's this girl that has her back to us and she kind of has what looks like kind of a black kind of shawl or like cape kind of thing on. I'm going, Oh, yeah. that must be her. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going, do I go up to them? What do I do? And all of a sudden they start walking our way right in front of the bench. And I just, it's the moment of truth. I just stand up and I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> um, hi. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Can I? Do you mind if I just talk to you for a second? I point with the to the girl with the kind of cape on. I'm like, are you by any chance spiritually inclined? (laughs) And she she's like, um, yeah, I guess. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Um, well, my son. This is my son. He has autism, but he's kind of like tuned with spiritual things, and and he doesn't speak, but he types on the iPad. And I actually think that I have a word for you. And I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm making a fool of myself. So I look down at the iPad, and it's all, there are no spaces in between the words, and I'm just reading it, you know, deciphering it um, on the flip side of his app and just reading it word for word to her. And I look up and I say, does this mean anything to you? And she goes, um, no, not really. Well, in that moment, my heart just sunk. I'm, I can imagine. Oh, no. Seriously, I just was so embarrassed. Then immediately, immediately though, the girl right beside her, she's this cute little blonde girl with short bob, and she has um, she has a yellow sunny tank top on. She goes, "That's not her, but that's me." And she takes her tank top and shows me the five point pentagram star tattoo on her chest. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm involved in Wicca, and I've been told that I have daddy issues, and I don't even, like, I'm hot all over. I don't even know what to do with this right now. Wow, Tani, this is nothing short of supernatural, uh, the fact that, that your son, that God is giving him these words for people. I just, I have been amazed from the moment that I picked it up. So, um, would you just, would you just take a moment and pray for people before we have to leave them today? I loved what you talked about. Uh, you, people were trying to, to teach you how to cope with this, but you didn't want to cope in the word you wanted to hope. That's what the word tells us to do, to hope, not cope. Will you take a moment and speak to those that are listening? Absolutely. Well, right now, I just, I just speak right to the 
to the spirits of each weary soul. The person that you might be a parent, you might be someone who is dealing with a chronic something, a chronic illness or something that just feels like you absolutely, there's no hope to get out of it. And really all it is is going from one doctor or one possible solution to the next and yet finding nothing. I just speak to you right now in Jesus' name, and I just pray that there would be an insurgence of hope fill your heart, that the source of hope, which is God himself, will be the one that not only you reach for, but you will see him reaching for you, that he reaches across the chasm right into the very presence of your breath, that with your word help, or I need you, that you can feel him close, and that in the name of Jesus, we release the healing power of God into your life. We release the, the breakthrough of God into your life. We release the manifestation of the plans and the destiny and design of God into your life or into that child's life, whether it be a child that is small or an adult child that feels like everything has fallen apart. It is out of reach. There's nothing more you can do. I say to you today, not only is God a good gift giver, he is a good gap filler. He will go to places where you can't go. Believe it right now. Receive it. And I pray that even this week you will see little signs of the gifts of God to you, little miracles, signs of God's favor because he is involved every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Tani, thank you so much for your time today and for joining us on Messianic Vision. Um, I'm Donna Chavis, and you've been listening to the program Messianic Vision with our very special guest, Tani Collin. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Tani's book, Josiah's Fire, The Good Gift Giver Devotional, and Tani's three-CD teaching series. Sid? I literally can't wait to share with you the story of a boy named Josiah. His eye-opening visions, heavenly encounters, and supernatural experiences will take you out of your comfort zone and catapult you into a mind-blowing love encounter with Jesus. Be sure to get the book, Josiah's Fire, featuring messages from heaven, written by Josiah's mother, Tawny Cullen, and the Good Gift Giver devotional. You'll also get Tani's three CD teaching series. The CDs include Getting Your Hopes Up, Receiving God's Good Gifts, and Speaking Heaven's Language. Literally, your rope of hope. All for an investment of only 40 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-447. 2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9458. That's offer number 9458. 